Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Embroidery Podcast. I'm your host, Masako Newton. I'm here with Mark Dyer and Becky Hogg, as usual. In this episode, we're going to talk about embroidery and flowers. Here's Becky. Hi from Becky. Thanks for tuning in to, I think it's the third episode of season two. And it's really nice to be talking about flowers at this time of year coming into the summer and there's lots of sort of flower festivals going on in the UK um, so hopefully that will um, you know that's nice to to um, maybe visit one I think Chelsea's already been hasn't it but Hampton Court flower show is coming up um, so hopefully you'll enjoy this summery podcast thank you Becky here's Marg hello everybody thanks for tuning in again um embroidered flowers one of my favorite subjects and i've just moved recently so i'm trying to build up my own flower garden to help um inspire me to do more flower embroidery so uh yes if you don't like flowers um this isn't a <laughs> podcast episode for you i'm afraid but um hope you enjoy it who doesn't like flowers anyway? exactly I can't exactly <laughs> Shall we start with um, uh, embroidery techniques? Yeah. yeah. Mark, would you like to talk? Okay. About yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can all take turns. Um, okay. Well, I guess for me, you can, uh, flowers are, you know, every embroidery technique. Um, and obviously, through the ages, flowers have been like inspiration for artists and embroiderers. Um, and stylized all natural it's just kind of a, a, a never-ending source of material um my favorite uh technique for embroidering flowers i would say is thread painting so i use long and short stitch um i guess mine are quite realistic so i try and get almost uh, a botanical painted effect rather than stylized so i, I like to take my own photographs of flowers and you know i might do a watercolor painting and then i would embroider it match colors so i just kind of like the realistic um the kind of challenge of getting to something to look like a real flower so that would be my favorite um th yeah thread painting is my favorite i guess becky i was going to ask you mark have oh, you yeah. ever done it where you've left a little bit of the painting um showing you know like sort of as part of the do I have, have yeah I have done um I quite like that where you paint you you might paint your fabric and then stitch over the top so I have done that once or twice um but I tend to when I do that I just carry on stitching so in the end I've covered up everything so. <laughs> <laughs> you just like love the stitching so much yeah I do I do off. yeah <laughs> yeah that I would do. look quite like a botanical sketch then yeah the little seed pods yeah growing or like a cross section of the what's inside yeah yeah, yeah. that's nice well, yeah that's really lovely yeah also but, recently you showed us the photo of your wild rose thread painting and then the you know the center of the flower mm. was wired not the long and short stitch. yeah so the reason so my first thread painting that i did was a wild rose and not very many colors so it's quite sort of basic colors 
and in lockdown used to go for a walk all the time and I'd see lots of wild roses so I thought it would be interesting to do the same flower and kind of see where I could kind of go from doing that because I kind of fell in love with thread painting straight away doing that first rose and I kind of thought right let's see if I can kind of uh, make it do something a little bit different so I took some photographs of the wild roses and I, I, I've I made a centre rather than just doing a padded satin stitch or a little bit of long and short I wired the stamens um, and I used a little bit of ink to colour in the end so it's almost a little bit of stump work on top of my thread painting so I was just sort of thinking might be quite nice to kind of advance something on um, to especially to a subject I've already visited so the wild rose which I just love so um, yeah that was um, yeah it was interesting to do the same flower again but just make it just slightly different yes I'm sorry Masco. no 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 what I was gonna say was um, you know even use you use longer and short stitches most of the time you can still use other techniques to combine or you know yeah. or, or other stitches like french knots or bullion exactly. knots and, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and actually it's quite yeah as Becky said you know you can obviously paint something as well so you could paint a background and then do your embroidery on top you know, do your flower embroidery but have perhaps a painted garden or painted leaves behind so you know add add painting to your work then it's not just like floating exactly yeah yeah <laughs> which you know if you've got if you've got the stem and some leaves and things obviously that's lovely as well yeah because um, nice. I think have you also used um say like a printed fabric and then which has flowers on maybe and then picked out I have yes yeah. or maybe I've seen someone else do it before. yeah no I have done that so um in Victorian times there were uh, lots of I suppose like William Morris actually he he, he produced a lot of printed fabric and at one time these prints were then embroidered on top of some of the outlines and that was done in leek in Staffordshire oh, so wow. that's called leek embroidery and there was a leek embroidery society so they would use these beautiful naturally dyed silks and they would embroider on top of these printed fabric and that would be you know used um, in people's homes so that was that was another idea if you see a fabric that you like um, stitch on the top of it because if the outlines are already there you might add to it you might just do the outlines it just it's quite it's um it's sort of quite accessible yeah. because the design is already done um I didn't so, yes. about that. I didn't yeah know. so they were used um quite it was used quite a lot in um churches so a huge panel of fabric which is printed would be embroidered on and then that would be used for altar frontals and pulpit falls and banners um in this lovely twisted silk yeah so there's still quite a lot of leak embroidery still in the churches up in Staffordshire so um and I think you can do a little tour round and see it so it's it's lovely it's lovely work yeah amazing that could be one of our road trips oh yeah <laughs> Broadway podcast road trip yeah <laughs> we're getting a lot of those uh, road trip ideas <laughs> oh dear uh, I think for 
me, um, I don't embroider flowers that much, um, but I love, you know, I love seeing embroidered flowers. And I think like Marg was saying, you see lots of technique, you know, all embroidery techniques have, you know, you can do flowers within them. Um, I think probably one of my favorite sort of styles is um, the Jacobean style. So where you're sort of, the Jacobean style was sort of to, cause there were like Eastern influences and Western influences all kind of merged into this crazy, almost like tree of life design. So you've got exotic flowers and, but then British deer or something all in this crazy, sort of busy design, beautiful. Um, and I just love, I think the fact that I like to stylize things. I know like, I sound like a broken record, so I love to stylize, you know, like a thing, whether it's an animal or a flower, whatever. Um, and then with, because the design is quite a bold style, isn't it, in Jacobean or crawl work, um, there's the chance to get lots of different stitches within an area. So if you had a flower that say, I don't know, five, 10 centimeters sort of circle diameter kind of thing. And then you can kind of split the areas up so that you've got loads of different stitches within it, like trellis or bits of long and short, like you're saying French knots, um, lots of outline stitches that you can build up in rows. Um, and shade with. Um, so I really like, I really like that style. Um, also, I mean, in gold or metal thread embroidery, I've only ever done, I think I've talked about this before, a fritillary. Um, so that meadow flower. I have done that in silk shading, which I did on the apprenticeship. Um, so that's quite a good example in that it could work in many techniques, you know. Um, and that's where you've got that sort of checkerboard pattern. Um, and I, with the metal one, I just, um, I did lots of couching, but did little blocks of satin stitch for the pattern on the, on the fritillary flower. Um, I also like, I think it works really well in stump work or like yeah. raised embroidery. Yeah, I like that, um, yeah. I did a little, um, you know, if someone gets married, they like to have something blue or, you know, as a tradition, um, a little sort of 3D hydrangea flower, which was silk shaded, but it was, it was wired on the edge so that you could cut it, basically do a, like a blanket stitch or buttonhole around the wire, which then means you can cut it out um, and it won't fray. Um, so my friend wore it, she actually wore it in, she had flowers in her hair, so she kind of put it in with the real flowers. Oh, so really oh lovely, no! But, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really nice thing to do with flowers, isn't it? The, yeah. Or needle lace, stump work, techniques. Um, yeah, I, I mean, loads of, like we're saying, loads of techniques work with the flower design. Um, but probably, yeah, Jack I really love the Jacobean style um, of those exotic flowers, which we don't get here so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
What about you, Masako? I also like stamp work, but it's not like really a three. You know, some some artists make really proper 3D flowers out of you know embroideries. But my favorite thing is more like. 2D work to start with and then I just add a tiny bit of a petal or, mm. or leaf as a you know as a separate piece you know like a slip That's I nice. like that I like that way I also like you know when you do um very simple um like a ribbon embroidery I was just going to say yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's simple but so effective to do the flowers in with ribbons and then mm -hmm. I love using the silk ribbons mm. yeah and it's it's good for the gifts as well <laughs> yeah I think um silk silk ribbon embroidery it, it it kind of it hinges sometimes on the the colors of the ribbon so if you have beautifully dyed ribbon it just like you can do little roses etc it just looks so lovely um as you say, Masco, mm. to use the silk ribbon. Mm. Um, yes, and I find it personally, I find it a little bit difficult because you can't really unpick your work because I the silk know. ribbon, um, basically, once you've used it once, you can't take it out. Mm. So I do find it a bit frustrating that I, whatever I do has to stay there or cut the whole lot out and then you've wasted your ribbon. Um, not that it's super expensive but um some of the really beautiful either antique ribbon which i have used which i love using and obviously that's a little bit more fragile or the um sort of space dyed variegated ribbons they can be a little bit expensive so um yeah i find that bit hard that you know it's yeah. got to stay in. yeah silk ribbons so easily get damaged yeah I guess you could combine the silk, the ribbon with the silk shading. Do you do, you do that? So you, you could do like little French. Can you do little French knots with it? Yeah, I've done. I, I quite like mixing up a bit of ribbon and something else, yeah. like satin stitch or bead. yeah. beads. Beads are quite nice sometimes. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah just mixing up, I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you for your insight. <laughs> <laughs> We were going to talk about the um, sort of symbolic flowers that you might see in, you know, um, regalia or um, what do you call it, heraldry or that sort yeah. of thing. We often see yeah. embroidered. Yeah, I've got a nice thing about Victorian wedding oh. waistcoats. Would you I'm... like to talk about that, Mark? Yeah, so just recently I've been to the Garden Museum, which is in London, um, and it's it's a wonderful inspiration for, well, anyone who's interested in flowers or gardens. And there was a really beautiful, um, quite simple waistcoat. So um, I was reading there that in the 1840s, it was very romantic for a groom to express his love um, on his waistcoat and it will be designed uh, embroidered with flowers which often are as we know they have really significant um, meanings so I quite like the idea that a groom 
would also have flowers. So obviously the bride would she come along with her bouquet, but the um, the groom would have his sort of flowers, but on his clothing. So the flower, um, each flower has meanings. Yeah. So in Victorian times, it was like really common for flowers, all flowers, to have some kind of meaning. Um, so I'm just going to read here. So um, perhaps the roses would signify true love the rosebuds uh, early stages of love and then the borage which has been that was symbolic back in the 17th century the borage here um romantic longing and i just thought it was such a nice thing to to have oh. um for a man also to have his flowers so um yeah. that was quite a nice sort of thing to do with flowers which i um i didn't realize that sort of and men would um, have that embroidered specifically for that reason. Right. He, yeah, he wore it on his wedding day. Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. It's so, that's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, where is this garden museum in London? So the garden museum is near Lambeth Palace, basically at the back of Lambeth Palace. And it's in a, a church that has been deconsecrated. So it's actually a museum inside the church. Oh. Um, and they have different exhibitions. So the exhibition I went to, which isn't on for very much longer, was about the rose in fashion. Oh. So it had uh, all kinds of uh you know not just clothing and jewelry and illustrations and photographs of how the the rose has been used as as something to wear or um signify love um so it was really interesting but the whole museum is excellent oh. and yeah so it's kind of like a hidden hidden away little gem in, yeah. um, in, London. in central london yeah so, uh, yeah yeah and it was when I, I went first thing in the morning, it was really quiet. Um, and so it was lovely to go around uh, the exhibition. Um, but it, it does get quite busy. So, I see. Um, yeah, so well, one worth a visit. Is there a garden? Obviously, there must be a garden there. There's as well. a tiny garden. And then there's an inside courtyard garden. So, um, yeah, yeah, tiny garden. Um, and, and you can go on the roof as well. So I went on the roof because I do love her. I do love a roof trip. So, <laughs> I was just thinking when we were at Hampton Court, you know, when mm. we trained there, um, you know, for silk shading, so much inspiration, isn't there, in the grounds? Because the gardens are absolutely beautiful there, aren't they? With all the tulips and um, yeah. in the spring, there's a sort of, is it called a wild garden? It's almost like a meadow with... Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, and then there's um, a, a laburnum archway, which is hidden right in the very corner of one of the gardens. So at the right time of year, you can walk through this amazing yellow archway and they planted alliums, which are purple at the bottom. And it's just wonderful. It's like a yeah, secret little arch. Yeah, I love sunken gardens as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, really nice. A bit more formal kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely amazing. And then there's, I know it's not a flower, but the great vine. <laughs> yeah. At Hampton Court Palace. Talking of royal palaces, I was going to mention, obviously, because it's fairly topical with the Queen's um, Jubilee, um, about her um, 
coronation dress because yes. that had the um, sort of the national flowers um, embroidered on the dress. So the dress was by Norman Hartnell, um, who was like a sort of you know designer for the royal family at the time, I think. Um, and basically, um, I think the brief was to um, create this design that had the um, four sort of national emblems within the dress. <laughs> um, so national flowers of the, the UK. Yeah, so you've got the thistle for Scotland, um, the rose obviously for England, the shamrock for Ireland, and then the for Wales, although it's a daffodil, I think I, think I read that it was actually the leek that they put on the dress, mm. which is also a, a symbol for Wales, um, which I think pretty sure the leek was on the Queen Mother's coronation yeah. gown, wasn't it? An actual <laughs> leek in gold work, so mm. it was amazing. Um, and then what I thought was really lovely at the bottom of the dress, if you Google it, you can see some images um, that, lots of the um, flowers, national flowers from the Commonwealth countries were around the bottom of the dress, kind of mm. intertwined with the Tudor rose. Um, and one of my favorites, which I have actually in my garden, um, which is the Australian um, flower. Um, it's actually called the wattle flower. Oh yeah, wattle flower. We also know it as mimosa. I'm pretty sure it's the same it looks exactly the same. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. So, <laughs> wattle and mimosa is the same. And so on the dress, there are these beautiful little yellow sort of yes. blossomy bits mm. intertwined with the Tudor mm. roses and things like that. So, And they're like other countries. I'm not sure they're all represented on the bottom, um, but India had, has the lotus flower. Oh, beautiful. Um, uh, South Africa, the protea, which I'm not sure what that looked like, but I haven't haven't researched that. But um, says it's shaded in pink silk, each petal embroidered with silver thread, the leaves of shaded green silk, and embellished with rose diamonds. So I think there are quite a lot of diamonds and crystals, as well as metal threads and silk threads on the dress um, I've never seen it in person but um, one day maybe <laughs> yes. um, so that was really nice sort of um, you know when we're talking about uh, flowers with meanings um, that's a sort of good example isn't it um, for that also um, a technique called both sides alike which mm -hmm. we did in our training didn't we did you do it massacre yeah 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 so that's like a sort of uh, a technique for military banners or flags um and part of that is to embroider this i don't know if it's always on the banner but a, we did a sprig which again had the these these uh, national flowers so the thistle, shamrock, Tudor rose, and then it also had laurel leaves with berries, mm. which I think, does laurel uh, represent sort of hope? 
I think, something like that. <laughs> but the both sides alike is a very special technique in, as it suggests, you're, you have one piece of fabric and then your stitch has to look the same. So it's one continuous stitch that has to look the same both sides. So obviously when you're doing it, you're forever turning the fabric over to check that it's right on the other side. But a lot of it is like a satin stitch. So um, with the Tudor rose, um, we padded up the separate petals with stitches um, going in one direction. And then in the opposite direction was the satin stitch, which, which was the decorative part. And um, well, you just have to think about because it's like one continual, does that make sense? One continual <laughs> stitch going round and round up through the fabric, back down, back up. Yeah. It's very hard to describe. Yeah, I guess, difficult. yeah, I guess the, um, maybe we should say why um, it's done like that. So um, it's so that uh, instead of, because obviously when you have a flag, it's seen from both sides. So, by embroidering one piece of fabric with the back the same means you technically do half the work. Otherwise, you'd have to do yeah. the embroidery twice and join it together, which also makes it heavier. So this way it's lighter and you only do it once and it's seen on the other side. Yeah. So that's the reason why you kind of go through the, um, I don't want to say hell, but <laughs> the um, challenges Thanks, of both sides alike. <laughs> Yeah, and, so it, there is a reason it's not just you know um uh just done for yeah, and, and that, that is why we we trained on the banner silk yeah yeah because yeah. they used in the hampton court used to get um a few in for conservation I think. yeah um, yeah and i've seen in a church somewhere lots of them lots of these banners hanging from the ceiling and they've been netted. I mean, mm. I'm off topic again, as usual, <laughs> um, but because they're on a banner silk, obviously over time, the silk has started to rot away. And also it's a thing that was to be used, I suppose. It was a, yeah, um, in processions or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I've seen them, like loads of them hanging up on the ceiling mm. of a church and they've been netted to kind of try and preserve what's left, you know, sort of sandwich yeah. between two pieces. Yeah. There. I mean, over time, as you say, Becky, they, they kind of disintegrate. So uh, very often they'll, they'll just kind of disappear, but very often the embroidery will stay um, and the background just disappears and then they're put into archive in, in yeah. abbeys and churches. Um, so yes, it is an interesting technique to learn. Um, but but you only want to do it once. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, it does teach you accuracy, I have to say, because when you put your needle through, you have to be really careful that you're not catching your stitch on the back. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's the one thing you really don't want to, um, it's um, done in um, perlay, isn't it? So yes, in perlay cotton. So it's got that yeah. lovely sheen to it. Yeah, yeah. I think traditionally it would have been done in a, a twisted silk, oh. which obviously um, perlay is a good substitute for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nowadays, yeah. 
Actually, Masako, I was going to ask what the flower is for Japan. Oh, our national flower is cherry blossoms. Oh, cher of course, yeah. cherry blossoms. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people think it's a chrysanthemum, but that's um, mm. that is associated with the imperial thing. So it's a national flower is... Um, cherry blossoms oh i love cherry blossom uh, probably... it's really difficult to embroider i, was just I, I, say, I bet that's a hard one <laughs> i have embroidered it oh uh, yeah I, I love it yeah yeah, yeah. And when... yeah that was on that was on sorry i'm doing a little plug here that was on the cover of my book i chose that oh. as the one to put i love it yeah mm -hmm. i really I'll love go it. back and have a look yeah <laughs> 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 yeah, lots of uh, lots of cherry blossoms motifs are used for the kimono yeah. design. Mm. Yeah. What other sorts of flowers would you get on a kimono? Is it mainly cherry blossom? No, we have plum oh. plum blossoms and gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I didn't know that it was cherry blossom as the national flower. That's really lovely. Mm. Is it in this, what sort of time, what sort of month is it? Uh, the end of March, early April. Okay, yeah. so sort of spring, same spring here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's very, very short time oh. so if you want to go and see and if you book the flight and then it may not it may not be the right time you know yeah, yeah. it all depends on the year yeah yeah oh it's lovely mm. do you have a yeah. favorite flower do you have a favorite flower mug Oh, um, do I stitch a lot? I do stitch a lot of hydrangea necklaces and brooches with ribbon yeah, um, yeah. because you can get the space over them. So I love, and also I have done 3D, a um, bit like you, Becky, I've done 3D hydrangea mm. um, posy. Um, I guess because I really love how the flowers change color so they come out and they're kind of green and then they go pink and then they go blue and then when they sort of are over they kind of their color changes again when they dry and I really like the kind of different shades you can get so maybe hydrangea is the one that I've stitched the most I suppose and pansy oh yeah pansy yes yeah. sorry Becky you're right I have actually I, I I'm changing my answer. Probably pansy. I've stitched. Oh, no, no, sorry. No. <laughs> you know what you stitched the most. <laughs> uh, no, I think you're right. Actually, a pansy. Um, I guess again because of the color combination. So I really love the completely random color combos you can get in pansies. So you can get very subtle ones, obviously, and then you can get these crazy combinations. And I think you know, there's nature saying anything goes really. <laughs> so um, whatever color you want, you can do it in a pansy yeah lovely it is difficult to stitch flowers with lots and lots of petals or lots and lots of thin petals or small petals i think yeah. it, i find it really tough yeah mm. 
Maybe. I guess I well I I quite like that um oh. so I quite like the, the sort of little detail so for me I would probably think oh great you know look at all those pebbles but I can kind of see yeah it's kind of hard work isn't it when you've got loads yeah. and loads of pebbles it's it can be but I, I think probably I'm I quite like the little things so that's probably why I I, I gravitate towards things with hundreds of petals probably <laughs> Is that the aeroplane going around? I hear some noises sometimes. I can oh. hear one here, um, like it, a, a, it like a biplane or something, not a, not a passenger plane. No. Okay, it might be. Might it be. might be above my house then. Oh. I love the, you know, your bit about the waistcoat. That's really lovely. Yeah. Stuff, and you know. this the you know the flower word flower language or you know flower yeah. meaning it's so yeah. nice yeah. these days people don't really use the flower no. language well, i think sometimes don't they use it sometimes in um like bridal bouquets so you oh, might yeah. have flowers that mean things in bouquets perhaps you know like wedding bouquets might have and also funeral flowers because lilies are used yeah. on the, the funerals yeah yeah I don't know. oh lily is used for funerals because when i was checking the you know the church embroidery especially white lily white lilies, is yeah. associated with oh, the virgin mary yeah you know it's used in the you know religious painting and stuff mm -hmm. So a lot of people won't have, I love lilies. I love white lilies. I absolutely love them. I have them in the garden. Can't have them in the house now because of the cat. Oh, yeah. Very upset. But a lot of people won't have white lilies because of their association with funerals. But I, I love them so much that, yeah. 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 But the white lily is difficult to embroider, I think. You know, all the mm. shading that I think it's going to go from white to grey or white to yellow. Mm. Or how do you do that? Cream uh, colour? Or? Yeah, or you just you, you use um, blues and purples, light blue, light purple, and like a bluey grey right. or a silver grey. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. You just use blues and, um, you know, yeah, it's fine. Yellows, it works. It's fine. <laughs>all for today's episode of the embroidery podcast um, we would love to see your embroidered flowers so please post it on your instagram and tag us at the embroidery podcast so that we can see it too thank you for listening uh, thanks everybody for listening hope you've enjoyed this one and we'll be back soon for another topic becky uh, yeah, and for me, thanks for listening. Um, happy stitching.